The easy answer to getting better as a basketball player is to simply get in the gym. But what's your plan of attack when you get there? How do you train for the game? How do you improve your skills? What do you do to make sure you're not only growing physically, but also mentally? I'm Matt Espinoza. Welcome to the Players Podcast. Today we talk with DJ Shaw. DJ is a skills trainer living in Portland, Oregon. He trains athletes of all ages and levels. To me, what separates him as a trainer is his ability to not only enhance a player's skills, but also turn them into a better person. He treats training as a mentorship, changing his players' lives on and off the basketball court. I wanted to talk with DJ about how to train for basketball because of his approach to the game. Listen in as he talks about developing as an athlete on the court, and more importantly, training the mental side of the game. So you've been training for over 10 years now. Yeah. What are some of the most important aspects of training for the game of basketball? Um, I just, I don't think there's anything new under the sun. I think that um, the fundamentals are so, so important. So teaching someone to, to be able to dribble with their eyes up, to be able to see the floor, moving in um, different directions at different uh, speeds, uh, having a change of pace is absolutely crucial, as well as being able to put the ball in the basket shooting. I think we talked about earlier today um, just about kind of my coming of age as far as shooting philosophy. I was always taught 10 toes to the rim, keep my arm in a 90 degree angle with my my pointer finger at my eye and just use my legs and drive my elbow through the ball. Um, I've kind of changed over time just studying uh, the game and studying shooting form and every player is different and I think as as a, a good trainer or a coach that we have to be adaptable to be able to bring out their strengths and not just uh, put everybody in a, in a cookie cutter model that, that we see that maybe we've had success or we've had a few people that we've been successful with. So to have that longevity as a, as a coach or a player uh, developer that, that we need to um, be able to adapt to their natural inclinations or, or how they play and go from there. You mentioned shooting form. People want to talk about repetition. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about form. Mm-hmm. But rarely do tr- coaches and trainers talk about the mental side of shooting. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to a player the other day telling me he used to shoot four fingers to the ground. Then he had somebody tell him pinky finger to the ground. Mm-hmm. Then outside fingers. Then two fingers. What do you think is more important? Is it the form and rep or is it the mental component of relaxation and confidence? I think confidence is absolutely key. I mean, you look at, we can talk about shooting form all day long, and you look at some of the best players in the league, um, I'm talking about the NBA, and you would compare their shooting form to what I was taught as 10 toes to the rim, making a, a block of a 90 degree angle on my shooting elbow, and you know releasing. Um, I think it would be, um, I don't think you can really compare, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got you got to be able to 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 get it up there and shoot it. You look at somebody who's drafted number two in the league this year. I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, his shooting form is what you would call a little unorthodox. But he seems to be, you know, having some success out on the floor. You know, we'll we'll have to wait and see how it all pans out when when the actual real games start up, but. I mean, it just goes to show that repetitions and being able to, 
you know, make shots is key, not so much the form in and of itself. I mean, you look at a guy, um, you know, we've been in the gym with with Terry Porter and see him putting Mm -hmm. up shots. He shoots a little bit behind his head. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think there's a lot of high school coaches out there that would encourage um, one of, you know, Tommy, who's a junior coming in and shooting over his head. They might try to change his form. You know, I don't know. Maybe someone tried to change Terry's form you know thankfully he didn't and he kept you know going with what he knew so there you go right there you know there's tons of guys that that don't have an orthodox shot but they are a very consistent shooter so I think consistency and putting the ball in the basket is way more important than the actual form itself I've watched you train multiple athletes and you put a lot of emphasis on footwork Mm -hmm. what are some important aspects of footwork that players can really take a look at when they're watching the film of themselves and then apply to their training? Uh, first and foremost, the main thing is when, when a player catches the ball coming off of a pin down or, or catches it on the wing, they have to be able to, if they catch with their back to the basket, to be able to reverse pivot, front pivot, and turn and square to the basket. I see too many players at the youth level, even some at the college level, who will catch the ball at the, at the three-point line and take a couple dribbles out, then turn around and face. Um, but as a as a trainer and as a coach, I would want to see my player to be able to aggressively turn and attack on balance very quickly to see if I can get my shoulder to that defender's hip and blow by them immediately. So a lot of my training consists of being able to create separation without putting the ball on the floor first and foremost. I want to be able to have my players jab and create space to get a shot without even you know thinking about dribbling or opening up a passing lane for someone cutting to the basket. Um, so yeah, that's that's huge in what I do. Aside from the physical training, getting in the weight room, getting on the court, you know, doing the conditioning, what are some things that players can use to develop the mental side of the game? This is so so undertaught and <laughs> needs to needs to come to the forefront of basketball, and I think it is um, with a lot of guys coming into you know, talking about how much sleep you need and nutrition and and everything else that plays into it. When I was back in high school, I was ordering a quarter pounder with cheese before, you know, my games. Even in college, you know, I was eating jack-in-the-box, you know, and now, like, in order for me to function and train, I have to be eating, you know, my Mm -hmm. kale and my smoothies and, you know, getting my vitamins in. Um, So I think that the mental aspect comes with with preparation, and I think the sooner um, a player can... Um, start to get that down, writing down goals, writing down just just their planner, like their school day, mapping it out. You know, that, that mental edge comes with, am I taking care of business in the classroom first and foremost? Because if you're slacking in school and you're, you know, your grades are slipping, that's going to affect how you play on the court. You're going to have to spend extra time in the classroom explaining to your parents or guardians why you're getting bad grades, and that's going to negatively affect your basketball game. I don't care how good you are. Um, the other part that I really, that I like my players to focus on is the nutrition piece because I think that directly correlates with, with their mental um, aptitude. Um, so when it gets time for a season, it's starting to get a little colder, um, a little darker. We're not going to see as much sunshine. And so I tell kids, my kids and also, you know, some of my college and pro players, like try to cut out as much sugar as possible. Eat, eat dark leafy greens, drink a ton of water. Dehydration is, is huge. And they always call it flu season. I'm like, it's not a flu season. It's everybody's dehydrated and eating a lot of sugar season 
you know, so we just need to have our players take care of themselves, um, you know, stay hydrated, eat the right things, and cut out the sugar, and I think that's going to help them focus more because they're not going to be sick. One of the buzzwords right now is mental training or mental toughness. Mm -hmm. How can a player approach training and then use those concepts to bring him into a real game? To get mental toughness and translate it over into games, you have to make your training sessions, number one, competitive and uh, really challenging on the player. You have to have everything, you know, time and score. It should never just be about the amount of shots taken. It should, it should be about the amount of shots made. Um, and there needs to be some sort of consequence, whether that's, you know, conditioning or push-ups or something to, to keep in the back of their mind that every shot is big, every shot is huge. And that kind of mindset can carry over. So now when you're in the game, there's, there's a couple seconds left, that fatigue setting in, um, you're going to have that focus and you've been here before. Whereas if your training sessions are kind of like uh, lackadaisical, there's no real, there's nothing really making me nervous or getting my adrenaline pumping. Then when you get into the game and you're at somebody else's home gym and the crowd's being loud, that you might black out, you know? So you have to really try to make um, your training sessions a little bit chaotic, but yet controlled. There has to be a method to your madness, and that comes from the, the player being able to trust the trainer and not just thinking you're, you're crazy, but you, you actually have a plan, and that comes with you know discussing that beforehand. A lot of players are spending their off-seasons playing dozens of games, sometimes hundreds of games, whether it's an AU team or or a club team, whatever it may be. What do you think a player's off-season priorities should be? Um, directly after the season, I think the priority should be for that player to rest, both physically and mentally. Just to, um, get off the court, kick your feet up, spend time with your family, read a book, um, stay out of the gym. If, you're, if your trainer's bugging you to get into the gym, Tell them to wait. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so important that um, players are able to recharge and step away from the game for a while just to, you know, with anything that we do. We, that's why people take vacations so they can kind of regain focus on why they do what they do. And I think that players' schedules are so hectic nowadays, they start to lose focus on why they started playing in the beginning. You know, if it was really about that college scholarship, then, you know, why are you why are you slacking in your workouts? Why are you slacking in high school practice? Why are you slacking in games? And I think that's because they are, you know, they're they're going too hard, too long. Mm -hmm. And you're not giving your body a chance to, to rest and to actually miss the game for a while. I think that's really important. You look at, you know, some of the great players, you know, who have retired and come back. MJ did it. You had Brett Favre did it. You know, Marshawn Lynch is doing it with my Raiders. You know, hopefully they, you know, they can do something this year. But there's something to be said about allowing yourself to miss something. Um, and I don't think a lot of players nowadays are spending enough time to really, um, really remember why they fell in love with this great game to begin with. And I think that, you know, if you keep going long enough that you'll get burnt out and, and eventually just, just back away from it. Yeah, regeneration is really a thing that we neglect, not only as athletes, but as people. You know, getting away from 
what you're doing on a daily basis, whether it's for a week or a month, and doing something that you just kind of enjoy. Yeah. And no matter how much I love basketball, I always make sure I take time where I'm not in the gym because if you're in the gym every day for the year, you're not going to want to be in the gym much longer. No. It's you know, because your body's going to take the toll, your mind's going to take the toll. You got to have that space where you get away. And like you said, you, you fall back in love with what you're doing and you remember why you love to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Players are being pushed at a younger and younger age to spend more time training for basketball, maybe specializing in a sport, almost treating it like a job. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for young players who might be experiencing this right now? Um, for the players and parents, I just want them to keep this number in their minds while they're pushing them so hard. It's High school senior basketball players that are eventually drafted by an NBA team are about 3 in 10,000. It says that's roughly the chance of getting four of a kind in the first round draw of poker. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a gamble that the house is always going to win. And usually you're not part of the house. you know. And so the goals have to be in line with... Um, I don't have my daughter in karate because I think she's going to be the next Bruce Lee. I have my daughter in karate because she's learning a discipline. She's learning how to interact with an instructor, an authority figure. She's um, having community with other people who are taking the class, and she enjoys it. And so that's those are some of the ingredients that um, parents and kids need to have the mindset of when they're doing basketball training. I don't want to see a kid in the gym with me every day, five days a week for two hours. And, you know, he should be home or she should be home, um, you know, learning how to play the piano or, or learning how to throw a baseball or football or, or anything like that. I think that these kids are going too hard too soon and too often and they're getting really bored with the game and it's, it's affecting the overall um, Product, I think, on the grassroots level. And I think it's actually limiting some players that might have an opportunity to go further if they were taking that time to rest. I share that a lot with with parents who, you know, are saying that, you know, they have aspirations of, of their kid going to the NBA. And, you know, I tell them that little Johnny, who's a third grader, can train five days a week for one hour a day, get into seventh grade. And then this guy named Justin who is uh, six foot four and physically built, physically gifted, is gonna start over your son every day of the week who's never touched a basketball. And that's that's just the way it is. You know, it's if your goal is to make it to the NBA, I suggest that you stop now. If your goal is to be with a, a good trainer that's gonna teach them um, skills that and disciplines that translate off the floor and will help them in their studies, help them in life, in, in their in their family dynamic, then I think it's a, it's a good investment. But if your investment is to get your kid a scholarship based on training, I think that they would be better off just starting that fund and putting the money that they're going to spend on the trainer in the college fund. Let's say I'm a player who, maybe I live in a remote area, or maybe I just don't have any money, but I don't have access to a trainer, and maybe my, my parents don't know much about basketball. So I got nobody really there to push me, but I want to get better. And I got a ball and a hoop. What are some things I can do you know, on my own to get to that next level? 
Um, so I would, you know, first and foremost, be thankful. You know, I would recommend praying and being thankful. Amen. Um, and then naturally you need to go drink a couple glasses of water because you've been dehydrated <laughs> you've been fasting for eight hours so you need to get some hydration in you so <laughs> that would be hopefully eight hours yeah it'd be uh, one a one and one a <laughs> yeah. and what's the last thing an athlete should do before they go to bed um the last thing that they should do is they should be thankful for the day that they just had <laughs> i'm being serious and um I'm with you know and and i always close it down with a prayer but from the natural the natural side of it um shut shut it down you know turn off your phone put it on airplane mode um if you have a tv in your room take it out of your room and like don't don't do that it's so hard to to sleep with a tv and, and really focus and um you know, write down your goals for the next day. It's because it's a lot of times that, you know, that uh, you cut down the anxiety that you'll have if you kind of have an idea of what you have to do the next day. So whether that's if you have to, you know, you have a test that you're going into, you got to hit the weights in the morning, you know, write it down, be prepared for, for when you are going to wake up that next day, Lord willing, um, that you're going to, you have a plan of attack and you're not just going in, you know, winging it. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I would recommend. But if you do have a TV in your room, be thankful for that TV. I mean, you'd be thankful for it, but I'd be thankful that you have the opportunity to take that TV out of your room. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah. So what are you gonna do now? Are you gonna take your training to a different level? Or are you gonna keep doing the same old routine? How can you make your training sessions competitive physically and challenging mentally? Be sure to reach out to DJ on Instagram at IMDJShaw. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to boys and girls in Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited in athletic opportunities because of financial restraints. Connect with us more on Instagram at Salem Hoops Project or visit SalemHoopsProject.org to learn more about our organization.